Live from the fish tank, it's time for another episode of the DSAG Fantasy Podcast with your host and current baseball belt holder, Ronnie. Got a uh, good one today. We brought Ping back on after a long hiatus from the pod to uh, discuss the playoffs going on here. We're going to get this out to you guys early Tuesday, hopefully to you know not uh, have too much of the playoffs go by and render a lot of what we said useless. Um, so let's uh, let's not waste too much of your time here and go straight to this interview, huh? All right. I am here now with my guest for this week, back again. I know you haven't heard him in a while, but I'm sure you're all very excited to hear from Ping for the first time in a long time. How are we doing today? We're really good. Uh, lots changed since the last time we spoke, but uh, playoffs is here now, so let's focus on that. Yeah. Uh, Ping is joining me this week to uh, preview our uh, playoffs in DSAC for baseball. Well, I guess that is the only sport going on, but, you know, just for the sake of being formal about it, uh, we have uh, two playoff matchups this week with two teams on by, and because you're the guest, I will be generous and start with your matchup. Yeah, this is actually a rematch from last week where that beat me, um, but I, um, I did your strategy from... Last week, and I set my players last week to make sure that he played you. Because if I do go out in the first round, I want it to be by, uh, I want to be knocked out by nut, not you. That's fair. I would, uh, I, I, I too would probably not want to hear the end of it if it were me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's how that goes. Yeah. Um, we're pretty evenly matched up, in my opinion. I would say so. Um, you know, it's really on, like, who performs better, like, for the whole week. Like, I don't really see too much of a discrepancy for, like, either of our teams. Like, you know, he's got some heavy hitters. I got some heavy hitters. He's got some high-end pitching. I got some high-end pitching. He'll probably take me on safe holds because Josh Hader's um, – doesn't remember how to throw anymore, and my relievers are just not good anymore. So, um, yeah, I was hoping uh, David Bender would be back by now, but he's just started throwing, so it doesn't look like he'll be back this week. Excuse me, sir. You have the first and third ranked relief pitchers in the league? Yes, but there's only two out of a possible five you can have, and unless they get saves, like, oh, you can five have more. <laughs> yeah. Chris found that they're not since they found it out, but he was he was rolling a lot more than five in our matchup. Yeah, if you got relief pitcher who's got that SP eligibility, yeah, you can do that, but um, doesn't look like that'll happen um, for anybody out there that's left that's worth rostering. So yeah, uh, interest. That might be a little bit harsh, but it perhaps an interesting decision to lead off with Jose Barrios on a Monday. Yeah, I mean, to me, I was like, look, I'm probably not going to get the ERA and the whip. So if that's not a decision for me to make going forward, like, or if that if I give up those two categories, then, well, I can live with that if I can get the rest. Yeah. And I feel like the other ones are, are within a, a shot of getting. That's fair. I mean, it's, especially if, if Barrios can go uh, 
at this point in the pod live, he's almost done with the fourth inning. So you know, if he can get a couple more innings or maybe two to three more Ks, not not do too much more damage to the ERA, you know, could be good. Yeah, but I mean, he's probably not going to end up with a quality start. But I mean, he's just been really bad on strikeouts too, man. He's like so up and down. It's like one game he'll get nine, one game he'll get one. That's even going to like four innings, so it's crazy. Um, but he was going against the Cubs, so I felt like I'd take my chances. I mean, fucking Jordan Montgomery had a complete game against them the other day. I figured yeah. Barrios could at least go six against them. Yeah, I mean, a, not just a complete game, a one-hit Maddox. So. Yeah. Almost single-handedly <laughs> brought a win to the walleye last week, you could say. Hot dog. Hot dog. <laughs> um, yeah, Bellow's actually been performing better. It's not like he's been great, but he gets a good amount of Ks when he when he goes out there now. So um, I'm, I, that's... 100% why I played him today, but um, Minnesota's not exactly a fear-striking lineup either, so I figured it'd be good to roll the dice on them. Yeah. Was was he in was he in AAA for a little bit? Because there's a gap in his game log, and I don't remember seeing his name for a few days. Yeah, so he got he got pulled from a Tampa Bay game, and he, he was going. It was a scheduled um, uh, the guy to pitch the bulk. He was going to come in after the uh, opener. So he did that, and then he only pitched like two outs in that game, or something like that, oh. and injured his leg or something, something oh, minor. Okay. And uh, they just decided to keep him down longer, and he was down for about a month, I think. Yeah, that, that, that tracks with the uh, um, the game log I was looking at. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This. As you said, there's definitely a lot of offense in this matchup. Um, Nutt had a incredible week last week. I'm sure you were probably – well, you faced off against each other, so you would be very familiar with it. But. Yeah, and I, I would have at least won the hitting categories if I didn't sit everybody the last day. Um, I had five home runs on my bench uh, yesterday. Oh, so. no. <laughs> That's tough. Um, I did that on purpose, so I mean I'm not worried about it. But I honestly didn't even notice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I'm my team has been performing pretty well, so I'm not you know whichever way it goes, I'll I'll be okay with it because I don't think I'm going to win at all. So Um, it'd have to be a whole lot of luck for me to get there. So. You're also in a, a, a not necessarily in the the most win now modes. I mean, kind of, but like with the moves you've made since you've taken over, like it's not imperative. You have to win this year, or else you're screwed. Yeah, I feel like I've set myself up for at least competing for the next like three or four years. Like I'm not gonna be hurting if I don't win this year because I mean, I feel like Bella is somebody I'm gonna sign for a long contract after. This offseason, he'll be a starter for me for a long time. Um, that would, you know, he's like 21, so um, high-end prospect. So I think he's just a good get, in my opinion. So I wasn't willing to, like, I guess do the waiver wire dance with somebody like him just to try to pick up a category this year. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, Nutt's got some good good players, but he's also got a lot of tough contracts. I don't, I don't, I'm not looking at the contracts right now, but I know that he, he had to make some maneuvers with Barry to get rid of some of his shit contracts this year. And I know I gave him some too, so. Um, yeah, uh, is that Klesek, uh for one? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, Robbie Ray and uh, Eber ones are, you know, at least decent, but they, they definitely stop you from making other moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, no, this should be really, really good, though. I mean, we have Soto now with, well, with the Padres, rather. He's still been on us team the whole time, this whole, this whole year. Uh, but Yeah. Uh, missed a couple days last week. Back in the lineup, and we'll see if uh, maybe you know he has the potential to have a star power week to propel Nut to victory, or on the other hand, if a guy like Julio could do the same. Yeah, I mean, and you got Corey Seager on Nut's team who he just goes off randomly, and like yeah. it's a couple of here and there, all hit like three home runs in four games. So you never know what kind of week you're going to get out of him. For sure. Uh, Especially someone like Matt Olson, for example, can uh, can stay a little warm. He hasn't been. He had the Grand Slam a couple days ago. He's been heating up a little bit lately. Um, still doing really well, but not uh, not an otherworldly PR15 at the moment. But another uh, another bigger name, at least on his side, to watch out for. Yeah, and Bregman's actually been doing well the second half. Also, he's yep. uh, that's been. He had a terrible first half, and he's slowly creeping back into the picture for a hey, look down star kind of situation. Yeah, could be a, a good third baseman matchup. I mean, I would take Machado in that battle, but you know, if Bregman's kind of showing some signs of life, uh, potentially could uh, could make for an interesting storyline here when you're looking at star versus star. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, if like you said, Julio, you know, he's uh, he's who I need to really step up this week. And I like having guys that are on in like playoff hunts, you know, so it's good that I have him and Hanniger that still need to like perform for their team to make it to the playoffs. Hernandez as well. So it's kind of beneficial to have players for teams that are not like, let's say the Dodgers that are, you know, they could coast into the end of the year and not play half their starters if they wanted to. Why do you think my basketball team has so many Pistons? <laughs> ah, okay. Sorry. That was low-hanging fruit for myself. Self-burn, but still low-hanging fruit. Yeah. Got too many Warriors. Got to offset them. Exactly. That's that's the that's the, uh, the exact strategy. Oh, you also have uh, Montas locked and loaded. I mean, obviously, you know, we've talked about you going for the uh, – um, the volume there, but he actually looked pretty decent his last start out, which was nice to see. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the Angels are a team like, you're like, man, is that going to be a tough line for your pitcher to face? But when you think of like Otani and um, Trout, there's like no one else that's like, okay, I really got to worry about them. You know? Yeah, Taylor Ward um, is cooled off. I don't think Luis Renquifo uh, scares people. Um, is, is Jared Walsh hurt, right? Yeah, he went up yeah. the aisle. Um, David Fletcher. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, not particularly scared of him. Joe, is Joe Adele still up? I think he is, because uh, if Walsh is out, 
Yeah, he's probably he's probably still up. They traded Marsh, so there'd be no reason for them to step him back down. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not the uh, the the strongest of lineups as you might expect. Um, I, right. I think I think yeah, because LA was the team that uh, Kershaw had his uh, uh, no hitter going deep into it. Uh, one of his most recent starts. Yeah, it's. It's going to be interesting to see where the puck plays out, but I think my team has just as good a chance as Nuts does. So, I mean, we finished four and five, so that's what you would expect. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how I would uh, predict this one in particular, I guess. Like, as you said, it's almost exactly a coin flip. I mean, you obviously played last week and, and not came out on, on top with that. Let me look back and see who won the first matchup. Looks like you guys split it 6 6. So we have a tie and then uh, a relatively close one, considering the circumstances of you kind of uh, holding back on, on Sunday. That would have, uh, well, maybe not, because you, you did win uh, a few of the counting stats on offline. So. Yeah, um, I also didn't pitch uh, Otani on, on his final pitching day, too. So, so there's a couple couple things there that could have swung. I mean, I'm not saying I would have won outright, but I know that I would have taken more categories. Yeah. And uh, what in particular? Oh, so, gun to your head, more or less. Who do you think? Who do you think wins this one? I'd say I probably win. Um, I just like my offense a little bit more, and if I think if I can get enough of the pitching categories, I'll, I'll win it. It's it's not like I'm saying, you know, I, I love me. Like if I had a bet on this, um, or, or place odds on this, I'd say me plus or me minus one hundred five, you know, and none at minus one hundred. So it's it's like pretty even odds. But okay. my head, I'll take my team. I will pretend I understand what those odds mean. I look it up like every five, like every like five or six months or so. Just to, okay, what does that mean? Okay, I got it, and then I immediately do that. So I, I know it means it's pretty likely that either team could win. Yeah, minus one hundred five would mean that I'm favored a little bit. Yeah. It's like the lowest margin you can be truly favored in. Admittedly, I think I might lean towards a nut on this, and it's not just to be adversarial and then have you know good back and forth drama for the podcast with me, because I think everybody knows here I have the most uh, most integrity of, of people here who are trying to maintain a, a podcast and be impartial and whatnot. Um, yeah, probably just because of recency bias and, and how how good uh, Nuts' offense was in particular last week. But as I said. Probably no more than 90 seconds ago, you did win a lot of the uh, the counting stats on offense. So, yeah, it, it really just depends on how many starts he gets this week from um, from his good guys against you know how many quality starts he gets. Really, is what it's going to boil down to. Yeah, I, I I truly think it'll be deciding kind of the the ERA whip and, and K walk. It's, I think it'll be the ratios that kind of perhaps that's like a, a no shit Sherlock answer, but you know. Yeah, who knows? Um, okay, what, what about your what about your game? How's that? How you feeling about that one? Uh, results have been relatively decent the last three weeks, so kind of optimistic. We're in a good run of form. We have, as far as like 
things lining up in my favor. I have Burns and Rodone going tonight, which means they'll have two star weeks. Um, Kershaw likely back in some capacity this week, even though that's only five good innings. That's still five good innings. Uh, Harper is off the DL late last week. Uh, Clay Holmes came back. I don't know how if that's a good thing or a bad thing, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you that question. Are you going to um, start him no matter what? But I looked at your lineup and he's already in there. He's in there. I mean, I, I kind of think it was more of a, a phantom IL stint, I hope. Uh, and that could be just, you know, trying to get the release point right, because this release point on the Sanger had been a little variable uh, on the, the weeks leading up to that IL stint. So hopeful for that. Yeah. And if we're being honest, I, I did beat Alex the, the first time we played. Uh, and then he beat me by a lot more the second time we played. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you can't really look at this and see. Uh, uh, well, it's, I guess, not a whole lot more. My win was 9-2-1. to two to one. And he beat me 11 to 1. So it was closer than I remembered. But yeah, so you, you can't really look at the past results uh, between our, our two teams and really say anything here. But uh, I do think uh, it's a, a battle of a Goliath offense versus a David offense and then two Goliath pitching staffs. Um, and by my accounts, that's two Goliaths to one. But, you know, if I, my slingshot is good enough, perhaps I can I can take it. But of course, if I had to. If I had to place a bet on it, I would probably lean Alex's way just because I think his team is just good enough. But I'll be damned if this isn't like the best storyline for the uh, the entertainment purpose of the rest of the people. Yeah, to give Alex the belt back the week after you win it would be pretty impressive. Hey, I, I have it for the first time ever. That's, that's all I care about. Belt I mean, holder. Yeah, I mean, it's four sports. St- incredible inability to win whenever the chips are on the table and to finally get it done was was nice but if if it if it's only here for a week it's only here for a week but i'm sure the belt will remember our time together very fondly yeah especially um with all your players that played so hard to make that happen hey i mean guys like adam adovino and uh uh griffin jacks joe mantiply uh aj mentor coming in and grabbing me those those clutch uh, safe holds at the end to, to scratch and claw for that victory, you know, putting forth all the effort in the world to, to bring the W. You are winning the uh, Kane's category at this point. So yes, that would be because uh, Corbin Burns is on the mound at the moment and because Alex has nobody going at the moment, <laughs> but I prefer to think it's because Corbin's on the mound. The sheer volume of starters that Alex has is just remarkable. I mean, yeah. Quality starts in K's are his every week. So it's just crazy. He's just got depth beyond years. But um, I think if Kershaw comes back, I'll only be one start behind him. Yeah, with Zach Wheeler, I was about to say Zach Wheeler going down is a really big hit for him for this week for this yeah. matchup because you're one of the few teams that has sort of the same depth of quality that he does <clears throat> at the starting position or starting pitcher position. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean it's going to be tough. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, after me, I made making those uh, reliever moves to to chase and, and try hard for that win last week. Uh, kind of quelled a bit of my uh, my lower end depth. I I sent Quintana and Yarbrough packing. So I mean, like at this point, like my my starter, I would be like the least comfortable would be like Stripling or Tyone, and that's like a really good place to be. 
Yeah. Uh, I think both of them have pretty decent matchups, too. Uh, Tyone gets uh, the Angels tomorrow, who we just talked about, and Tripling gets uh, the Pirates. Yeah, not bad matchups at all. Seems like everything's working out really well for you. I mean, if we're being honest, things are, I don't think things could have aligned better on my end for a, a first round playoff matchup. But, you know, as Brett mentioned, it is Alex. And, um, not only does Alex seem to always have my number and find ways to just take the wind out of my sail at every single turn, but, you know, talking about like a, a team who was in like first or second for pretty much like the whole season and only to fall out pretty much at like the very end uh, out of the bye week. So, you got a, uh, a motivated and hungry team with a chip on their shoulder with a, yeah. a, a natural rival. Um, could be bad for me. Yeah, could be bad. What are, what, as from an outsider's perspective, because I, Lord knows I talk enough about my own team, uh, what are the, the things here in this matchup that you're most looking forward to, players to watch out for, et cetera? Um, I would say that I want to see. <clears throat> How many like quality starts? I want to see that competition. That's like the thing. I guess I talked about that a little bit, but like I want to see what happens there. I want to see who does what with those. Like it'd be like whoever wins that, I feel like will win the matchup. And I mean, I know Alex could take all the um, hitting categories potentially, but you'll probably get steals. But so if you get quality starts, ERA, whip. K walks. Um, you guys could maybe tie. I don't know. Um, oh God! It's, like losing this on a tie would be terrible because he would, he would have this tiebreaker with uh, with seeding, I believe. And that would just be just a, 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 a soul. Uh, I, I would rather lose than tie and lose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean that that to me is the thing to watch. I guess if I had to say, like I'm I'm kind of interested in seeing that i guess i'm also interested in seeing how bryce performs coming back and you know that team i i picked them the phillies to win the world series before the season started and it didn't look good when bryce Harper went down but if he can compete and help them get back i, I don't know if i don't know exactly where they're at in the playoff line but um yeah i mean if if they could if he provides them the offense that they need to make it to the play would have a good chance to take at least one or two of the hitting categories. Yeah, like I think I saw somewhere where the Phillies without Harper had a better record than they had with Harper in any span of the same number of games oh. over, over the over Braves' whole time in Philadelphia, which is kind of odd. It was only like a game or two. It wasn't like a significant margin, but all, yeah, all just I'm trying to say is... They were playing at the same level. It's yeah, bad. yeah, they, they, they tried to water very well during that. But yeah, the offense will be... Um, I think it's definitely key for me because when we look at it, Alex was the uh, sixth best offense on the roto table that I posted earlier today. So yeah. not great, but I was um, 10th, <laughs> which is um, quite factually worse. I had almost half as many roto points as he did. Um, I had, I was third best in steals and I was no better than 10th best in any other category. Wow. So, uh, in fact, uh, Alex is, or sorry, rather, I am the only team with the worst batting average than Alex this this season on the year. Um, so, 
Yeah, offense, I think, probably will be the decider. Only because he and I had the, the first and second pitching staff, even though he was significantly higher order points than I was. But Yeah, only if uh, Jonathan Scoop could make a comeback this week, maybe maybe he'll come through, and Harrison Bader. If, if Scope's coming back this week, I think that's a good thing for Alex. I might just leave him on the IL, even if he does come back, and try to see if I can I can skate by without making any any waiver claims because you, know, you can't make claims when you have healthy guys. Uh, Bader won't be back for a while though. He's not, he's definitely not back this week. Maybe we'll get lucky and Badu will hit the IL or something. I mean, he's been fine uh, the last cool down a little bit. He hasn't. Has a ton of playing time the last week, but over the course of the whole month, he's still hitting like well about 250, I think. A couple steals. So. And 250 on base percentage or 250 on average? Uh, let me go pull up his splits real quick. I'm pretty sure he's above 250 for the whole month of August. I was just kidding. I'm sure. Oh, I, I know. I know. But, you know, I, I defend him very, very much because I don't want to admit that I potentially made a mistake on that contract. Um, that is true. Let's see. Months August hitting 269. Granted, okay. his, granted his slugging is also 269. Uh, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> hey, fingers can't be choosers there. Yeah, for you know a, a fifth outfielder or utility spot, I suppose I could be doing worse. I could have Aaron Hicks. Could have Aaron Hicks or Tommy Pham, that bastard. Yeah, who's actually been really good since I cut his ass. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, if I had to get if I had to bet on this, I'd, I'd bet on Alex. Um, yeah, I wouldn't really um, put a heavy bet on it, but I would definitely feel comfortable with betting it. Yeah, I mean, all bias aside, I would probably um, not exactly be losing much sleep over over that betting on Alex in this matchup. Right. That being said, potential good storyline here is the way the bracket works out. Um, if I were to pull off the upset in the unlikely event it happens, I would get matched up with Mike, and we could have a, a real uh, outfield off, uh, so to speak. Oh, yeah, that'd be, so. that'd be great, yeah. All, all the storylines here um, revolve around the wall, I apparently, although when I run my mouth as much as I do, when I talk trash to literally everybody, I'm going to have a fair few uh, rivals. Um, that's how that works. Yeah, I mean, I guess we can move on to um, those two teams now. Uh, yeah. yeah, we talked about Mike, and um, I think I think his team's got to be the the favorite at this point. Um, it might be. Uh, I mean, Josh has a really strong team, and I'm not saying a favorite by a large margin, but just the way that Mike's team's been performing, it's just incredible. It's yeah, he's been rolling for. Quite a while now. Yeah, yeah. Um, his team is just—they hit. He's got pitching depth, and I mean, he has sold all that future that Dylan had built, but he's done well with it for competing now. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, in fact, for storylines here, Josh or uh, Mike's last loss came back in mid-July. It was the the, the long All-Star game period uh, against Josh. Ironically enough. Uh, two of his three losses, in fact, have come against Josh. So Josh has had Mike's number overall, but yeah, the recent results here: eight wins, ten wins, eight wins, nine wins, eight wins for Mike in his last five matchups. 
Yeah, he completely bulldozed me in, in our matchup, I think, two weeks ago. And, man, he was – He just every every time I looked, I had, like, two or three home runs. And then <laughs> um, I looked over at his team, and, like, two players had two home runs each every day. It was just – it was incredible the amount of home runs this guy was hitting. Just <clears throat> just his – yeah, his offense is top-notch. Yeah. Um, and as I alluded to in the chat, you know, I was kind of one of the, the first uh, Mike truthers on the pitching side, too. And his arms have uh, more or less kind of held up there under the bargain as well. Yeah, I guess that'll be something to watch, though, have, having uh, Verlander go down yeah. uh, last game and seeing, you know, there are no need to really throw him if they don't need to before the playoffs. Um, seeing if he uh, even goes again before the playoffs or just does small starts or five innings, six innings only, you know, who knows. But, um, yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see because that's obviously a heavy lifter on his pitching side. Yeah, I mean, luckily he does have Nola and, and Nicholas to fall back on. Uh, Luis Castillo as well, you know, uh, former, former walleye. Never played a game for the walleye. Um, it's been pretty good since he left, though. Yeah, Justin Steele was pretty good up until this most recent start, and he's even then he only let up one run, but he had three straight quality starts before the last one, and two runs allowed between those three starts. I mean, yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah, the the whip is uh, high on the season as a whole, but for the most part, I mean, you know, when you factor the Cubs and how bad they've been and, and the ballpark they play in, uh, three eighteen ERA isn't isn't half bad. Yeah, the strikeouts have been there. He's usually getting at least five more each game. So, I mean, um, yeah, it's it's all you can ask for for a waiver wire pickup. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike also is led by the uh, apparently legendary Nathaniel Lowe, uh, rocking at 18.03 PR15. <laughs> that guy has been on fire. He was one of the ones that hit all those fucking home runs against me. Yeah. Um, uh, he's got four. He's got – Five in his last seven games, uh, six in his last ten. It's pretty good. I didn't realize he was hitting 300 on the season. Good God. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah, there was a point where when we made the Hoskins trade, like uh, Lowe was kind of seen as like, you know, an upgrade over over Lowe in the corner infield spot for, for acquiring Hoskins. Um, maybe not. <laughs> Yeah, and that's yeah. not the same thing because Hoskins has been pretty decent for Mike. Yeah, Hoskins has been good, good too. He's not as high of an average guy, but who knows? Maybe that'll pick up more now with uh, Harper back. Yeah, uh, perhaps the we're depending on where he's in in the lineup. RBIs could uh, could help Reese too. You know, something I've kind of been uh, a bit aggressive on uh, pointing attention to. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> Um, you, he will have an RBI bump potentially there too, but who knows? Yeah. Um, I think, I think Mike set up well for whatever he, whoever he faces. I don't think he's got some glaring weakness or anything like that. So he'll be, he'll be ready after this bye week. Yep. And then on the other side there with the bye week, you have Josh with the, the Cardinals corner infield duo. Uh, Bogarts is, is always you know, a, a threat for a decent week. Uh, Springer's back. He's hitting the ball pretty well lately. He does have Stanton back now. Uh, he'll probably be activated him closer to uh, 
the second round of the playoffs there. And then on Josh's side, if the pitching can, can hold up their end, the, their end of the deal, they've been good as a whole on the year, but a example of last week uh, kind of had a few, a few clunkers there. And that could be like the one potential Achilles heel is he has, it does have a couple guys who are, you know, I don't want to say I'm not confident in, but perhaps a bit uh, shakier over the course of the season than I anticipated. Yeah, I would say he, he usually has enough to put it together because he's got depth. He's got probably more starters that you would start no matter what than anybody, or at least as much as anybody else. And um, there are at least, you know, two or threes in their, in their rotation. So, um, yeah, it's just not the same hot level of high end. I mean, he's got Cole, um, Logan Webb, who's been really shaky lately, honestly. Um, Kevin Gossman, who has been pretty good, but you know, playing in the AL East really shows you who somebody is. You know, yeah. um, he'll have he'll have a clunker there here, here and there. Like, just pulled up his page: five innings, four runs against Boston. <coughs> yeah, but on so, uh, sorry to cut you off. I'll, I'll get back to you here in a second. But something I did just notice here: uh, Josh is well positioned with Framber. Uh, Webb and Gossman all lined up to go on Monday, next Monday. So two star weeks for those three. It'll be key for him in his first first matchup. Yeah, Framer's somebody I always sleep on, but he's he's been really good too. What does he he's have? Like up. twenty? Is it twenty one now? Consecutive quality starts. I wow, well, I didn't I didn't hear that, but yeah, I mean, it's just somebody I don't ever pay attention to. But he yeah, twenty for twenty one, twenty one straight. Yeah. Wow, I mean that's just impressive in itself, and um, <clears throat> it doesn't always look pretty, but he gets it done. Yeah, that's. I think that's kind of what I was saying on the uh, the. I think when I called attention on the pod the last time, I don't know if it was last week or week before, but it's six or seven innings. It's between one and three runs, and it's between like six and eight Ks. Nothing less, nothing more. It's just between those ranges every single time. Well, yeah, the real kicker is how many walks does he get through? But he can throw. You know, he's not going to be pulled out if he gets to 100. If he needs to finish that seventh, he's going to stay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's just he's really uh, jumped up in value, in my opinion, over the past year. Yeah. Um, and Goldsmith just been a god. Like, Goldsmith is, like, he's the best first baseman in, in fantasy this year by, yeah. by a lot. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, when Barry did his survey of everybody, uh, I ranked Goldsmith very high on my uh, MVP ballot. Not first, but... I put him second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did too. Um, and then, quick interjection here: we can all, uh, you can verbal meme hot dogs to the face here, but uh, I do have Burns' start in my the background of my laptop here, and they just flashed a graphic: lowest opponents, lowest sorry, lowest opposing average versus their own division, uh, and Burns is first with a 133 betting average against in the Central. Uh, second place is Carlos Rodon with a 183. So not just that it's two walk at the top, but it's a, a gap of of 0.05 uh, between first and second. Wow, incredible. I'm so proud yeah. of you. Thanks. So, yeah, uh, Goldschmidt, uh, healthy season on, on his end. Yeah. Arenado's been really good, too. Like, you know, um, I think Arenado's really good. I just, I think he's really lifted by having a guy like Goldschmidt on his team. Um, not to say he's bad at all, but I just think he's, you know, in tandem, they're they're doing great, and I think Arenado's just riding the wave with uh, Goldie. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, then you had a guy like Lars Newpark. Kidding. Uh, you know, I mean, especially with the, the counting stats are, you know, you're hitting behind Goldschmidt and Goldschmidt's getting on base at, pulled up again, a, a 421 clip. That's absurd. Yeah. That's like peak Joey Votto levels of on base. Yeah, in uh, 2008. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, 2008 was a uh, like first full season, I guess. I don't know. I was just saying it all day. Um, I know. Yeah, and who knows if uh, Franco will come back. I don't know if that's a good thing for him or not. But. Yeah, I would assume with him being returned, not returned, but like taken off of his rehab stint. Um, and it looks like the most recent blurb was last Thursday seeing Kevin Cash that was saying that uh, Franco will not resume his rehab assignment until next week at the soonest. So his rehab would restart, you know, at some point during this bye week for Josh. So have to assume at earliest Franco would be back maybe sometime next week, but not for the full week. Right, right. And then, as you said, would that be a benefit to him? I mean, he has to activate Stanton already. So that means probably you're seeing Ramon Urias or Oscar Gonzalez hit the wire. And then probably whoever doesn't get cut for Stanton or Franco, unless Catal uh, uh, Marta hits the IL again. <laughs> yeah, that could happen. Let's see, uh, Cassie's got the day to day, so who knows? Yeah. You know, uh, he stole a few bases, Castellanos said, uh, not too long ago, and it kind of threw me for a loop. I was not expecting it. You want to get really th thrown for a loop? Go look at uh, JT Romito. Yeah, was it most deals for a catcher and most caught stealings on the defensive end for a catcher? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy what he's doing. He's stealing, and he's and I think he's only been caught like one time on the base pass, or not at all. It's either one of those two. But oh, if you want to talk about catchers not getting caught stealing, uh, over the last four seasons, Yadier Molina has stolen ten bases successfully without getting caught. Man, I might have to get to the waiver wire and get him tomorrow for steals. Wow, sixteen! I did not think it would be sixteen. I, I figured maybe around ten or twelve, but sixteen yeah. bases is pretty good for a catcher. That's incredible for a catcher, especially this old. I mean, who would have thought? Yeah, there has been at least a couple times over the last, like, two seasons where, like, eh, maybe his, his best days are past him. And then, like, two months later, uh, we're back in, in business, and he's very much not past his prime. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Um, but I think, uh, you know, Salvador Perez, he's a guy that's, you know, he was injured a lot during the year, and I was really worried if he's going to come back strong. But I think um, I think he's pretty good locked in now. So I, I think uh, that, that's good that for Josh that he has him still. And yeah, his last game, three for five, home run, two RBI, two runs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, he, and I don't know how how much he splits time anymore, but or at this point. But having Melendez, you think would help too if Melendez is spelling him at least, you know, a, a couple times during the week. Yeah, I would imagine they want to get both those bats out there as much as they can. So, DH um, is probably, they probably just flip flop all the time. I would assume so. I mean, you look at Perez's game log, if you're rather you just kind of click on his his page there, pull up his recent games. Like, he don't even know if he has a day off on the whole, uh, as far back as it, yeah, it goes back to 8 13 and he hasn't had a single day off in that span. So, so. right. So, great having that catcher position locked up to an everyday player, just in general, who can hit. 
So, yeah, that is why I use one of my claims on, on a catcher to get Cal Raleigh in because Sanchez, one, has been kind of bad um, the last few months, but also just extra cover for, for counting stats there. But, yeah, yeah, Cal Raleigh's been um, seeing his name pop up on the Homer thing a lot, so he's been turning up. Hoping that's good news for me. Uh, Adamas, too, in particular, on, on Josh's team has been pretty good here. I'm trying, like, I know it, I keep bringing it back to my team, but I promise I'm not trying to, like, actually take away from, from the other teams here. So I'm trying to divert the conversation directly back to the, to the previous topic. Um, yeah. Whit Merrifield has been an interesting one, though. He's been not playing every day, which is yeah, that's strange. In playing like- badly when he does play. It's kind of like the uh, Trey Mancini case we talked about on the pod whenever I was on last. Like, um, you know, playing on a team like Kansas City, obviously he's playing every day in any spot he can. But a team like Toronto just got, you know, too much to play everybody every day. I mean, but like he's splitting time with Jackie Bradley, though. <clears throat> well, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> one of those arguments about defense first, right? So I, I guess um, I, you got to wonder how much defense is pre, pre, uh, a premium defensive position in center field, but is it worth it for Jackie Bradley? <laughs> eh. Yeah. And then you got who can jump on base, um, like be a pinch runner late in the game too, though. So, yeah. Um, yeah. De- so, de- definitely a threat for stolen bases there. And in that regard, he can steal one or two, maybe even three or four during a week, you know, with, with enough playing time if he's, if he's in a, in a, in a groove there. Yeah, so I I get it, you know, you know, he's obviously from our perspective from it and just regular hitting, he's better. So it makes sense why you'd be like, why Jackie Bradley? But at the same time, you know, having that flexibility of throwing him in as a pinch runner late in the game and being able to stick him out there in the outfield too is it makes sense. I mean oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not I'm not too I can understand it. I mean if I was a Whit Merrifield owner, I'd be really upset, but um, <laughs> yeah, I get it. All right. So kind of hit on a little bit of everything here. So for the most part, we agree. Alex over me. We're split on you versus not, but you know, as I said, that, that one's more, a lot more of a toss-up than, than my matchup is. So that would be Alex and Mike and Josh versus the winner of you two. Uh, let's see. Who do you think wins, Josh or you and or Mike? Oh gosh, I think I think Mike. Like I said earlier. Or, sorry, got... yeah, sorry. You, you and or not like like the winner of you versus not oh. versus Mike or, or Josh. I'm butchering this whole thing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Josh and Mike will advance. So. Yes, that's that's <laughs> what I'm what I'm trying to verbalize. Thank you for for putting that into coherence. Uh, yeah, I, I think. Um, you know, Alex has a good chance to win, but I just think uh, yeah, hard to count out the defending champion. I mean, he did knock out Josh after all, and counted most last year. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> as Alex just hit another home run, you know. Oh, so he got he, two now. He's got two now. Yeah. Oh, oh that's not good. And what if he uh, sits all his uh, offensive players and just. Uh, Rolls with 500 average and up. <laughs> 1494 OPS. So, well, 
he does have a few guys like locked in yet. I mean, you still have to, still have more bats coming in from this, but hey, if he chooses to do so, that's his prerogative. I mean, I did it. I I can't sit here and bitch about it if it happens to me. Yeah, um, but you forgot one one matchup: uh, the the shrimps and the apes. I'm sorry, I thought we were talking about playoffs here, not consolation bracket, not, not losers oh. bracket. Oh, my bad, my bad. I forgot. I'm sorry. Oh, it's all good. Happens, happens to the best of us. Yeah. They were so close, but so far away. All right, so uh, East Coast time, it's 8.57, which means the Bachelorette should be finishing up here. So uh, perhaps time to, to wrap this up here, let you get back to spending time with your, your fiancé now that her, her show is done. Yeah, I think it would be best, yeah. Usually we go uh, two to three hours, so it's probably best I can uh, wrap it up early this time. Yeah, make sure there's there's time for stretching and, and hydration. So, yeah, those are important things. All right. Well, I mean, at that point, we we covered everything there is to really cover for playoffs here. You know, this matchup, who we think uh, eventually comes out on top. Oh, I guess championship here. Who do you think wins the wins the whole thing? Uh, I think Mike's the favorite. Yeah, I would I would agree on that. Mike is to be my favorite too if I were capable of of setting odds. So. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, thank you for coming on short notice to to give people uh, a good conversation about uh, the currently in action playoffs. So thank you. And I will uh, I'm sure we'll be hearing your commentary in the uh, the group chat over the course of the week. Yeah, man. Always uh, good talking to you. All right. Have a great night. Bye. Yeah. Bye. All right. I hope you all enjoyed that uh, playoff preview here. Uh, let's go into the recap from last week, and I guess we will make a brief interruption here to announce a hockey trade that went down earlier today. Matthew Kachuk in exchange for Jordan Cairo and Sean Couturier. Uh, I like it on the uh, at first glance here without literally looking at the numbers too much from last year, but uh, Kevin does free up a little bit of space uh, in that deal. I know Jordan Cairo's on an absolute ridiculously good contract for the production he had, and Sean Couturier, if, even if he's maybe not what he used to be a few years ago, uh, still a very valuable sentiment in our league. And, and Kachuk obviously plays very, uh, I don't say very, but he does play a bit of a physical game. He shoots a lot, gets a lot of hits, relatively speaking, for a forward, and uh, puts up a lot of points. So I see the, the benefits to both sides here, and I think it's a relatively decent trade here on, uh, on both sides. But we're all here for the baseball, let's be honest. Uh, let's... Uh, Start with records. Uh, this week, we had uh, a lot of uh, new records on, on the worst uh, side of things here. Uh, Barry tied the worst uh, single-week runs. Barry tied the second-worst single-week homers. Keith tied, uh, uh, I think it's the third-worst uh, in homers as well. Barry uh, with the worst RBI total in any week. Keith with the second worst RBI total in any week. Both of them have it alone. And Paolo tied for the third worst uh, RBI in any week. So the first, second, and third worst RBI totals in a week were um, updated. Uh, yours truly had the lowest strikeout total for pitchers of any week uh, in DSAC for obvious reasons. Uh, Nutt, however, on a, a positive aspect here, Nutt had the second highest batting average uh, of any any week ever, which was an incredibly impressive performance offensively from Nutt. And then 
sticking with Nutt here, uh, the third best strikeout per walk ratio. Uh, that means the top three strikeout for walk ratios, I believe, are all over nine now. Uh, those will be pretty hard to, to take down. That'll take some incredibly impressive uh, pitching performances to, to knock any of those three down. So with that being said, let's get into the uh, the recaps here. Start off with a heavy hitter, the matchup for the bye week. Uh, and Mike took down Alex 8-3-1 to three to one to earn said bye week privileges. Uh, he got a 423 average from Correa, nine runs, four homers, seven ribbies. The steal in a 1337 OPS from Mookie Betts, seven runs from Semyon. Um, we talked about him with Ping here, but six runs, four homers, 11 RBI. He's batting 385 with a 1330 OPS from uh, Nathaniel Lowe. Excuse me? <laughs> what? And then uh, five runs, four homers, seven ribbies from Mike Trout. Uh, I guess he's back and doing okay again. On the pitching side there with Mike, we got nine innings, 16 Ks, Quisart, zero ERA, a .44 whip, a 16 K walk, and a bum leg for Justin Verlander. Uh, six innings, four Ks, Quisart, one five ERA, .83 whip, and a four K walk for Marco Gonzalez. Nine innings, 11 Ks, Quisart, a zero ERA, a .56 whip, and an infinite K walk for Aaron Nola with a shutout. And Luis Castillo, six innings, 10 Ks, Quisart, a one five ERA, a .83 whip, and a 10 K walk. Uh, and you know. Seeing that Luis Castillo stat line, I'm starting to think that perhaps that trade just might not work out for me. It's a, it's a slight feeling here, you know. I'm not not sold on it yet, but you know, I, I'm starting to think that perhaps uh, that I, I could have uh, handled that a bit better. On Alex's side, eight RBIs for Harold Ramirez. Man, that guy just keeps having a season I I never expected from him. So good to see him him outperform my expectations, though. It's good to see when when uh, when players can can do better than. Uh, the ever cynical yours truly can can say about them. And then Tyler O'Neill with five runs, three homers, and nine ribbies, including, I believe, a, uh, a homer off of A.J. Minter from the walleye last week, or last night even, as I record this. All earned, earned runs, thankfully, but a homer nonetheless. And then Alex's pitching there, Drew Smiley with six innings, two Ks, a quality start, a zero ERA, and a one whip. Uh, six innings, five Ks, a quality start, a 1-5 ERA, a one whip, and a 5K walk from Patrick Sandoval. Eduardo Rodriguez in the first couple starts of his uh, return. Uh, this start, he had six innings, two Ks, a quality start, and a 1-5 ERA. Six innings, eight Ks, a quality start, a 1-5 ERA, a .67 whip, and an 8K walk from Lance Lind. Uh, eight innings, seven Ks, a quality start, a 1-1-3 ERA, a .5 whip, and a 7K walk from Max Fried. And then 13 and two-thirds innings with 14 Ks, a quality start, a 3-2-9 ERA, a .95 whip, and a 7K walk from Max Scherzer. And then six innings, 7 Ks, a quality start, a 0 ERA, a .83 whip, and a 7K walk from, uh, for whatever reason, a player whom I did not write their name down. But if you hold tight with me here for just a second, I can pull it up relatively easily here. Um, if it loads quickly here. Uh, Martin Perez, that is who that stat line belongs to. Uh, the second matchup here saw Paolo take down Keith 8-4 to four in a battle of who can look at their team the least. Uh, Aaron Judge, we got three uh, runs, three homers, seven rubies and a steal for Paolo. And then on the pitching side here, seven innings, six K as a quality start, a 1-2-9 ERA, .57 whip, and an infinite K walk for Brady frickin' Zinger. And then six and the third innings, three Ks, a quality start, and a 1-4-2 ERA with a .95 whip from Lucas Giolito. No, folks, do not pause, rewind, or adjust your, your volume, your headphones, whatever you're listening to with this. 
Lucas Giolito had a good start. On Keefe's side, we have three steals from Cedric Mullins. Nine innings, 10K is a quality start with a one ERA, a .89 whip, and a 5K walk for Sandy Alcantara. And then six innings, 5K is a quality start, a zero ERA, and a one whip from Pablo Lopez. We have Nutt pulling out the W all over Ping. Eight to four in a battle for, uh, not really a battle here, but Nutt was fighting for, for playoff seating and to get in. Uh, and then from that, Nutt had seven runs, two homers, four ribbies, and a 444 average of 1355 OPS from Alex Bregman. Uh, eight runs from Yandy Diaz, two steals from Dozier, 429 average from Grichuk. Eight runs, two homers, six ribbies, batting 381 with a 1262 OPS from Kyle, or Kyle, Corey Seager. Uh, then pitching, three save holds from Hector Neris, 13 and two thirds with 14 Ks, two quality starts, a .66 ERA, a .51 whip, and a 7K walk from Arabi Ray. Six innings, 10K is a quality start, a zero ERA, .83 whip, and a 10K walk from Brandon Woodruff. And seven innings, 9K is a quality start, a 129 ERA, a .71 whip, and infinite K walk from the Beebs. On ping side, four runs, two homers, six rubies from Hap, two steals each from Bubba and Edmund. And then pitching, we got six innings, 9K is a quality start, a 1.5 ERA, a .67 whip, and a 9K walk for Jacob DeGrom. Seven innings, 11K is a quality start, a zero ERA, a .43 whip, and an infinite K walk for Cole Irvin. Uh, Nathan regulated Chris's playoff hopes 8-3-1, to three to one, uh, a five-run homer, Five RBI, stolen base with a 423 average, 1247 OPS from Randy. Uh, two steals from Adelis Garcia. Got seven innings, 9K is a quality start, a zero ERA, one whip, 9K walk from Gibson. Six innings, 8K is a quality start, a zero ERA, and a .83 whip from Joe Ryan. 11 and two-thirds innings with 11K is a quality start, a 231 ERA, a .77 whip, and an 11K walk from Jake Odorizzi. Then 14 innings, 8Ks, 2 quality starts, 0.64 ERA, 0.5 whip, and an infinite K block from Domingo Herman. On Chris's end, 8 ribbies from Dansby, 4 runs, 3 homers, 7 ribbies from Jose Ramirez, and a 389 average from Meneses, I believe is how I heard it pronounced on the broadcast the last time I watched a, uh, a Nationals game. Meneses? I think so. Uh, Pitching-wise, though, 6 innings, 7Ks, a quality start, a 0 ERA, a 0.67 whip, and an infinite K walk from Peterson, and then 6 innings, 6Ks, quality start, 0 ERA, and a 1 whip from Zach Gallen. Uh, Barry and Tom drew 6-6, using the word drew instead of tied to appeal to Barry's Englishness. Uh, 12 innings, 14Ks, 2 quality starts, a 1-5 ERA, and a .67 ERA from Julio Urias. Six innings, five Ks, a quality start, a zero ERA, a .17 whip, and a 5K walk from Freddie Peralta with no hits in those six innings. Seven innings, nine Ks, a quality start, a 1-2-9 ERA, a 1-1-4 whip, and an infinite K walk from George Kirby. Six innings, seven Ks, a quality start, a 1-5 ERA, and a 7K walk from Spencer Strider. Seven innings, four Ks, a quality start, a 2-5-7 ERA, and a .71 whip from Jesus Lizardo. And on Tom's side, six Runs a homer, five rubies batting 381 from William Contreras. And lastly, with the belt on the line, yours truly finally, finally won a belt matchup. Scratched and clawed, put all my my blood, sweat, and tears into to grabbing this win here on the last few days. A 6-5 win over, or sorry, a 6-5-1 win over Josh. Only Alex had beaten Josh this year, and he had done it twice. But the walleye put their name next to the frostbite in Josh's record book. 
uh, on the walleye side. Obviously, um, nothing really of note here because of um, playing time issues. But I would like to call attention to Jordan Montgomery's complete game one hit a Maddox. Well, I mean, complete game in a Maddox is kind of, you know, redundant, but got the shout out. Nine full innings, only one hit. Absolutely incredible performance from Montgomery. And then on Josh's side, six runs, two homers, five rubies from Willie Adamas. Four runs, a homer, six rubies, and 417 average from Salvador Perez. And a 450 average of the 1342 OPS from Nolan Arenado. Pitching for Josh, seven and a third with 11 Ks, Quisart, a 123 ERA, and a 0.68 whip with a 5.5 K walk for Garrett Cole. 11 innings, 10 Ks, a quality start, 245 ERA, a one whip from Sonny Gray. In seven innings, eight Ks, a quality start, a 1-2-9 ERA, and a .86 whip for Framber Valdez with 21 straight now. Quality starts. And then, of course, you know, I should say in all seriousness here, not exactly proud of, of what I had to resort to, to to back into the playoffs, but I'll admit that it's actually really freaking hilarious that I won. But that being said, I would like to tan- take the chance now to uh, apologize to absolutely nobody. Yeah, to make the Conor McGregor reference there. Uh, let's go to the categories now here. We have runs, nut with 53 of them, Josh with 17 homers, Alex with 56 RBIs, Keith, Ping, and Nathan splitting steals three ways with six apiece, nut with a 3209 batting average and a 9002 OPS, Nathan and Alex splitting strikeouts at 77, Alex with 10 quality starts, Barry with a 1697 ERA, Mike with a .857 whip, Nut with a 9.125K walk, and then save hold split two ways at six apiece between Chris and, sorry, uh, it looks like that says my name there, you know. I was told I didn't try to win. Uh, the uh, final roto table here for the uh, the matchup. I'll pull up the one on the, the league sheet too here. So I can give off actual numbers after I do this. The uh, Roto winner would have been Mike with 115 points, Josh with 109, Alex with 108, Nut with 99, Ping with 95, Ronnie with 76, Chris with 72, Nathan with 70, Barry with 67, Paolo with 55, Keith with 36, and Tom with 34. Notably, Mike was exceptional with the bats with 64. Uh, seven whole Roto points I had to Josh with 57. We had seven more than Nut, who had 50. Uh, Ronnie, Barry, and Keith with 22, 21, and 18. Bringing up the rear. On the pitching side, Alex with 66, 12 out in front of me with 54. Josh with 52. And then Paolo and Keith with 18 apiece. And then Tom with seven. Uh, bringing up the rear. Uh, Mike wins the Mike ratio with a 3.02 Mike ratio of RBIs per homer. Uh, second place was Paolo with 3.02. Four two, uh, that gap is about as big as it is from Paolo in second place to one two or three four, five six seven eight ninth place with Nut who had a three point eight three, so the gap between first and second is about uh, the gap between second and ninth. Uh, bring up the rear was Ronnie Barry and Keith the three nine five, a four oh two and a four one four, for RBIs per per home run. Um, take a look at the. The, the, the physical numbers that they left to the roto table. Uh, runs, Mike with 959, uh, well out in front of Josh, who was in second. Homers, Mike with 301. Um, 
36 more than Alex in second. RBIs was Josh with 961. Uh, about 53 more than Mike had in second. Stolen bases was pinged by a mile. Had 157. Nathan had 113. Uh, batting average was not batting 264. OPS was Mike with a 791. Pitching strikeouts, Alex by over 200. Uh, he had 1,780. Uh, quality starts, we got 141. Uh, quality starts also for Alex. Set a new league record, I believe, the only counting st- or the only uh, stat that was a new league record compared to last year. ERA a 3.33 for Alex. Whip a 1.13 for Barry. Uh, K to walk a 3.70 for Nut. And then save holds uh, Chris, bringing it up at the very end to take the lead with 132. All right, I guess we can go to the five stars of the week here from Barry. Uh, Alex being on vacation, we didn't quite get his yet. I would assume uh, it's probably uh, the same here. Maybe a slight difference in the headers. We'll see. But batters, Mookie Betts for Mike, Nathaniel Lowe for Mike, Corey Seager for Nut, Mike Trout for Mike, and Randy Rosarana for Nathan. Uh, as they mentioned, all uh, Philadelphians, or Pennsylvanians, I guess, rather. I think that's the word. Starters, Robbie Ray for Nut, Justin Verlander for Mike, Domingo Herman for Nathan, Aaron Nola for Mike, and Julio Arias for Barry. I guess Barry is an uh, honorary member of, honorary citizen, rather, of Pennsylvania. And then on the relievers here, Felix Bautista for Chris, Hector Neris for Nut, James Karinjak for Barry, and then lastly, Adam Adovino and Jonathan Loisaga for yours truly. Uh, don't need any standings to look at here, and we already kind of previewed the uh, playoffs with Ping, so I don't really need to to go into those matchups. I mean, it'd be pretty, pretty repetitive from what I've already said. So... With uh, all that being said here, I believe that is all we have to talk about now. I mean, uh, I guess we can wrap up with a little bit of league talk here. We have hockey frequency underway here with basketball to follow that in in due time. But hockey frequency hasn't been going on for too, too long now. we probably only got maybe eh, 10 to 13, more, definitely more than 10. I think we're at like 13 or 14 signings now. So that's moving along pretty well. And then... That's all I all I have for you guys this week. You know, very heavy on the uh, the preview talk. So, I uh, will uh, stop my rambling here and finish this, and I will catch you all next time.